What up? What's going on, man? How are things going? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. How's uh, Cooper Dominic? <laughs> he's doing good. He's a good. Uh, he's a good sleeper. So that's a that's an always a major bonus, I guess, if you're having a if you've got a kid in the house. So yeah, it's good. I, I it's was good. a good sleeper. Oh yeah, I turned out pretty awesome. So <laughs> yeah, look at that. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please make yourselves comfortable. I'm Kent Garrison. I am Brian Gill, and I'm Richard Barden, and this is Mad About Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You like that? Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for everything in the world of cinema. We talk about movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings. And then, for the last part of the show, we break down our movie of the week, which this week, Brian, is... Iron Man 3. Boom. Ladies. Children. call me a terrorist I consider myself a teacher lesson number one heroes there is no such thing oh man we've been waiting for this episode for a long time haven't we haven't we fellas definitely this is the for, I mean for me I assume for the U2 as well this was the first movie of the year that I was really genuinely excited about looking forward to going into it so yeah me too. Um, first Marvel movie we've gotten since Avengers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it's a long time coming. We've had a lot of time to absorb the Avengers and to sort of, you know, paint in our own head the picture of what we wear, of where we want Marvel to go, in, sure. in the next few films. So uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about Iron Man three, and we'll talk about where Marvel is going uh, with the franchise now that now that Iron Man three has come and gone. So we're excited about this one, I think. Hopefully, Brian. Yeah, how how is it going, man? You uh, you missed out last week. I know it was uh, it was sad to listen to you guys without me, um, but I do have some thoughts. Uh, first of all, uh, Kent, you don't like Christopher Guest? What's up uh, with that? I, I didn't say I didn't like him. I just I'm not very familiar with his work. Like I've probably okay. seen a few of his movies. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't consider myself a Christopher Guest aficionado. Sure. All right. Well, that's acceptable. Uh, I miss John Williams' talk. That's sad. That's yeah. super exciting. Uh, can't can't wait to uh, to see him back with Star Wars for sure. Uh, Macbeth is my favorite literary classic of all time. So I'm I'm sad that I missed uh, Shakespeare talk. And I, I love Shakespeare talk with Richard. I feel like I learn something every time. So we're actually uh, starting and- another podcast, and it's actually <laughs> called Shakespeare Talk with Richard. I take callers. I take callers. People call in with their Shakespeare-related questions. Yeah, and, I like uh, it. As soon as we get a caller, I think the show is going to be pretty good. <laughs> right, yeah, right. uh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I'm sitting here waiting right now. So, Please Brian, come. what what's your uh, one sentence review of the Place Beyond the Pines? Because you did see it, so sure. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. Um, I thought that the first you guys broke it down very very well. Uh, the first third, the, the Ryan Gosling part, is really good. The Bradley Cooper part is okay and the third act is um a different movie it is it's it is three different movies i think one of you guys said that and i i completely agree it's three different movies kind of pressed into one and some of it's really good some of it's not i think i gave it an a minus but i really loved that first that first act yeah uh, enough to carry it over for the 
for the rest of the movie. Um, so uh, Ryan Gosling is one of my favorite actors. I I very much look forward to anything that he he is in. I think Richard said something about Drive being uh, okay. I I had Drive. Drive was my favorite movie of last year, or my number one movie of or 2011. I excuse me. Yeah. Um, and I I think it's an incredible film. Um, this is I didn't think this was nearly as good as that as Drive is, but uh, I did like the the dynamic there that of Gosling uh, and the way he shows off his, his skills. So pretty good and not a great, I mean, the first five, four or five months of the year, this, this year were not that great. And so for me, uh, that was one of the two or three best movies of the, of the year to this point. So. Yeah. I think we said that place beyond the pines and oblivion. Those are my two favorites so far. I don't know about, about you. I haven't seen, of course, as many movies as you've seen this year, but, um, those are the two that have stuck out to me as far as me looking back on the movies that I've seen this year so far. Those sure. Are the only two that kind of, yeah, stick out. Yeah. That, yeah. I think place bomb beyond the pine is my number two and behind surprisingly still the crudes. I, I really yeah, like that. I haven't movie seen a lot. The crudes. So, I've heard good things. I, again, so. I recommend that. So yeah, it yeah, was a good, it was good to listen to you guys and uh, I'm glad to be back this week and hopefully we'll all three be able to stay together for the rest of eternity. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, Richard Barton, you want, hey. to kick, you want to kick things off and uh, you want to talk a little bit of movie news? Uh, you know, I did last week, so I don't let Brian kick it off this week because I really don't have much. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's go ahead, really Brian. parked my interest. It's been kind of a slow week in the land of Richard movie wise. Sure. The, uh, the, only really things, the only things that really caught my attention um, were two trailers that dropped this week. Um, one I've been looking forward to for a long time, one kind of caught me by surprise. Um, have you guys seen the trailer for uh, the world's the world's end? Did I say that right? No, I I saw the link to it, and I've been meaning okay. to click it all day, but I just haven't done it because I want to do it at a time where I can actually sit and watch it. So sure, I'm, it well, interests I mean, it, me. I love. I mean, I love Simon Pegg. I watched him last night on on Kimmel. He's one of my favorite, you know, yeah. comedians. So yeah. Well, it looked very good. I just watched it right before we uh, before we started, and uh, I mean, it looks super Edgar Wrighty. You know, yeah. I mean, it's going to fit right in with Hot Fuzz and and Shaun of the Dead. Um, I love Hot Fuzz. I like Shaun of the Dead, so I'm I'm excited about the the third and these this weird sort of trilogy that that they've got going uh, with with him and and Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Um, and it looks it looks like an Edgar Wright movie. It looks very interesting and weird and. Um, and different. So did Edgar looks- did Edgar Wright do Paul? No. Okay. No. Did you see no. Paul, Brian? Yes, I did. I and thought I, it was kind of a charming little cult movie. You know, I thought the first forty five minutes or so were really good, and then I got really tired of the the bit. I don't know. It, <laughs> it, it, it I, wore on me. I honestly we can't remember the the third act at all. Like what happens? I just remember yeah. being somewhat entertained while watching it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I, I I really enjoyed the beginning of it, and then I as the it went, CGI I went to... was really good on the yeah, Alien. Yeah, yeah, uh, so. definitely. Oh, but the other trailer that dropped, I've I've been looking forward to this one for a long time, and it's more. I can't decide if it's genuine anticipation, or if that's or if it's more dread. Um, is it and that was game? the it is Ender's Game. The trailer, the teaser trailer for Ender's Game came out this week, yep. and. Um, Kent, have you seen that, Richard? I did. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it yet. Really? Give me your thought there, Kent. It, my immediate thoughts to it were the first 30 seconds could have been the trailer to Star Wars Episode Seven. 
Yeah. Because it starts with Harrison Ford's narration, and then it, and then sure. you just immediately see Harrison Ford like in space. You're like, oh no, is this Han Solo? What's going right. on? Right. But uh, it looks really interesting. I haven't read the book. Okay. Like a lot of people I know have. I just never did. Um, not that I didn't want to. I just never did. Sure. Um, but the concept and story interests me a lot. The cast looks pretty good. Um, ben Kingsley, who we'll talk about later, looks quite interesting with face tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tribal face tattoos. And I like Haley Steinfeld from True Grit. She was great. Yep. Uh, like the little boy, the star that's from Hugo, he is great. Um, and Abigail Breslin's always, you know, great as as well. So, um, a little scared because of how yeah. great the cast is and how ambitious it looks. I mean, it, another thing that jumped out at me: how many more movies are they going to release where it's just like really cool spaceships with like holograms, floating holograms, and like really cool like UIs for computers? You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's like I can name on more than two hands how many movies that have come out since Avatar that – I mean the main thing I left thinking was, wow, the technology was really cool in that movie. You know what I mean? The movie wasn't sure. very good. It looked really cool. Um, yeah. But – so yeah. hopefully it's not one of those. Richard? Yeah. Yeah, I love Ender's Game. That's a great – one of the uh, – I'm not a huge sci-fi uh, person in terms of uh, what I read, but I have read Ender's Game and – uh I haven't read any of the sequels. I've only read that one, but uh, pretty entertaining book. Uh, you know, great young adult kind of uh, book. I think I read it as a, as a kid, so maybe I wouldn't like it as much now, but I, I choose to believe I would. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I love. I mean, Harrison Ford in space. I mean, <laughs> what's better than that? Yeah. Right? The yeah. A little little hesitation for me comes from what happened to John Carter. Um, I feel like yeah. Ender's Game is sort of a similar similar novel in that it has a really huge cult following. But mm-hmm. as far as a mass media you know, device for drawing a crowd, I'm not sure it'll do that. A so, lot of the schools we'll – a lot of schools actually teach Ender's Game as curriculum sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's got a little more of an audience than John Carter, which I knew nothing about and, yeah, right. and still refused to. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, you're right, Kent. You're definitely onto something there. That's a good thought uh, that it made. But, but John Carter didn't have the star power that this one has behind it either. Oh uh, well, know? okay. First off, okay. Taylor Kitsch would guys. would argue with you on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so arguably, uh, he is a bigger star than Harrison Ford. That's true. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Friday Night <laughs> Night Lights? No. Um. So yeah, no. But uh, I think it could be very cool. When does it come out? What's the release date on it? It's November. It's like around okay. Thanksgiving. That's good timing. I mean, yeah. that means they have some confidence in it on the studio level. It's not a September movie. Um, cool. Good. I yeah. saw a um, – I don't know if you saw it, Brian. I saw like a 10-second teaser of Gravity. Did yes. you see that? Yeah. Starring yeah, George did. Clooney and, and Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. That that trailer is debuting I think th- this weekend maybe, next weekend. Probably it can. Yeah, but keep an eye out for that. It's called Gravity. Alfonso yeah. Cuaron is the director. Yeah, I love him. And it's yeah. a the, the poster's already out for it, and it looks awesome. Right. Um, it's supposed to be. A I really can't wait for that one. That, there's yeah. no way that's not great. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no way that's going to be great. I'm nervous for Ender's Game. I, I just to echo what you kind of said, Richard. I, I love Ender's Game. It's one of my uh, one of my favorite sci-fi books. Um, I don't know how well it's going to translate to the screen. I mean, there's a reason why that book's been out since 19, 
I think 77 or 76, something 77. Um, and it hasn't been made into a movie because it's, it's very difficult uh, subject matter to kind of get into. And so I don't know how well that's going to translate uh, to the screen. I, I love the, the cast. I, and, and I don't know after having seen that first teaser trailer, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm more excited about it than I was or less, you know what I mean? Like it, it I'm yeah. still not sure what I'm going to get uh, from the, from the movie. So um, I, gotta be I honest, hope it turns out. The trailer out well. was exactly what I expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like, and so hopefully the movie is, you know, good. Like not, I, I doubt it'll be like a groundbreaker, but hopefully sure. it's, it's solid. I mean, I just don't, I just don't like movies that have that much thought and like money put into them. Yeah. Be, not being good, you know, like, right. Hopefully. Um, I got a couple of sequel um, news items that I want to mention that I know will interest you guys. One of them we have talked about before on the podcast, so I thought I'd uh, give a little update on it. Jurassic Park 4 has officially been canned. Oh, yeah? Or pushed back indefinitely. Pushed back, yeah, yeah. So, um, thoughts on that, Brian? I think it'll get made eventually. I yeah. just I think that uh, they're they're smart, honestly, to push it back because I feel like we talked about it before and it was like, whoa, this is it's it was really fast tracked. It was going it was going much faster than you thought it would because weren't they supposed to like start shooting like this summer or something? Well, what Did happened we, was they've been planning this. I mean, pretty much ever since Jurassic Park three came out, they've been working on it or whatever. Yeah, and so right when they started to actually make the film and hire director and everything, um, Kathleen Kennedy took over as head of Lucasfilm, and she was the main producer behind Jurassic Park along with you know Steven Spielberg. So I think all her effort really is going into Star Wars right now. Totally, yeah. And so I think they feel and the producers feel that they want to make Jurassic Park 4 as good of a film as they possibly can. And so I think pushing it back is ultimately the right decision because Definitely. I'd rather them push it back and be awesome then just come out with it, you know, and have it be average. So absolutely, yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's that's the way it should be done. But like actually, I, said, I feel like it's fast tracked, and they needed to they needed they need to take the time to make sure that it's good. So yeah, actually, last week they they released plot details, and they said that it was going to take place on the original island from the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, and then like two or three days later, the news came out that they were postponing it, and it's going through rewrites. So right. Um, the writers behind it are the people who did, I believe, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which was great. So, yep. So we'll see. That that one has been pushed back indefinitely, but one that has been picked up and is confirmed that I can report officially: Men in Black Four. Oh. So. Oh, no. Thoughts about that? Game changer. <laughs> What's funny is that like, Men in Black Three came out what last summer, twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, came out right about two or three weeks after the Avengers came out, uh-huh. and in between, you know, uh, Dark Knight Rises, so and Prometheus. So, like that movie came out and did very well. Actually, it made over half a billion dollars. Wow! Yeah, it made over like six hundred and something million dollars. Wow. And so it, yeah. yeah, it kind of silently made a ton of money, and all everyone was talking about Avengers and Dark Knight, you know, and all that stuff, but. Um, I, I saw it. Did you guys see it? I thought it was better than the second one. You know. Oh I, yeah. I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, why? Why did they make this movie? Do you know what I mean? It was what I expected, or actually a little better than I expected, to be honest. So. Yeah, I saw it. I liked it. I thought it. I gave it a B plus. It was. I 
you know, it had a little sentimental touch there at the end. I yeah. love Josh Brolin as as the as young Tommy Lee Jones. I thought that was great. Um, but I don't know that I necessarily need to go back again. Yeah. And I, also, Men in Black Two is one of the worst sequels of all time. So absolutely saying that you know, I mean, and the original Men in Black is such a great movie. So yeah, they should yeah. just leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. But they've already. But you're right. It made a ton of money, it and it plays like gangbusters overseas too. Yeah. So that I mean, that's ah, Will Smith, Will Smith. <laughs> Seriously, hopefully Will my... Smith's in it. I can see them doing it without Will Smith, though. Can't you? At this point, maybe they could get the original cast and get David Schwimmer involved. <laughs> I can't. I I can. I can't see Will Smith wanting to do another Men in Black though. A fourth one? Do you know what I mean? Like, isn't he a producer on them though? Doesn't he just make a killing off of them? He does. Oh, I'm sure yeah. he makes a ton. But I mean. I just, I don't know. I don't see the point. What else is he going to do? Point either, but Will Smith makes makes bad career choices or safe career choices. I mean, this is this is a guaranteed, like you said, it's a guaranteed five hundred million dollar movie, pretty much. So why wouldn't he? I mean, he he doesn't try. I mean, I love Will Smith. Will Smith's one of my favorite actors, but he stopped trying to make good movies, or at least stopped trying to stretch himself to make good movies a long time ago so i mean this is this is his bread and butter at this point unfortunately yeah that's true and we'll see about that one i mean we'll do a podcast on it but i mean yeah. there's so many we'll sees like honestly like i loved the villain in the last men in black the guy from Planet yeah of the concords i thought that yeah. was very well done and, and pretty cool actually definitely so definitely. um yeah, we'll see. Um, I, last thing I wanted to mention for movie news, and it kind of goes along with, with tonight's movie, Iron Man 3. Uh, last week, Brian, I don't know if you heard, but we talked about uh, the rights for Daredevil being reverted back to Marvel. Yeah, I did. Marvel reacquiring the rights. Right. And along that same line, um, Marvel has also reacquired the rights to The Punisher, Ghost Rider, and Blade. Oh, no. So, um... <laughs> Thoughts on that, Brian? Uh, could not care less about Ghost Rider. That's been ruined yeah. completely. <laughs> uh, I've never – I don't think there's ever – I think there's been three Punisher movies, and they're all crap. Um, so I'm not super excited about that. But at least – Punisher at least has if – you re, if you did that right, that's a, good, that's a good basis for a story, I think. But it's never been done right to this point. Um, Blade always interests me just because, as I'm sure we've all – we've mentioned on the podcast before – uh, Wesley Snipes is awesome, so you can't. Um, no, I, I'd be interested in, in in another Blade movie, and I guess I'd be interested in a reboot of Punisher done with like an actual actor and a script that doesn't suck. Uh, well, but, Thomas Jane begs to differ, my friend. <laughs> oh man, Thomas Jane, uh, and is it? I think Dolph Lundgren is the guy in the original Punisher. I'm gonna wow. have to look that up. But, I love Dolph Lundgren. He's the man. Uh, yeah, it is Dolph Lundgren and Louis Gossett Jr., so you know it's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can see them rebooting Blade, actually, without Wesley yeah. Snipes. You know what I mean? Uh, how dare you? Guy. How <laughs> dare you? I know, but I can see them doing it. I can't yeah. see Wesley Snipes being like a, like a Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2 type of guy. You know what I mean? Like, we got to like see how Buffy is coming out of, coming out of uh, jail, though. That's the thing. If he's just... If he's totally ripped, then maybe maybe we can st- – I don't know. Um, no, of those of those three, honestly, I'm more interested in the Daredevil remake or reboot, uh, what you guys talked about about last year. I really liked Daredevil when I was a kid. 
Um, that movie is atrocious. Um, but it's a, I think of all of those guys, that's the one that, that has the best material as far as turning it into a decent movie. So totally agree. That's totally agree. Hopefully we get a blade slash daredevil movie. <laughs> be great. Anything else, anything else you guys want to mention in movie news? Well, we should probably talk about what we did last night, Kent. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask you guys, how was the, uh, I, I think you guys went and saw a movie recently. Can you, can you tell me about it? Because I was excited about this movie. I wish I could have gone to see it with you guys. But Richard Barton. Well, Kent, uh, Kent texted me last week and asked if I wanted to uh, be his date to, um, that's how I choose to word it. Yeah. No, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> to a screening, an advanced screening before it comes out of uh, Summit Pictures. Um, Proudly presents. <laughs> Summit Pictures' uh, recent entry, uh, Now You See Me, uh-huh. starring Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson and Isla Fisher and Dave Franco and Mark Ruffalo uh, and Common. And Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman. And Melanie Laurent. And Melanie Laurent. Jeez. And uh, Kent, what were your thoughts? You can go first. <laughs> well, I um, immediately following the screening, I was sent a survey, Richard, um, asking me to fill out my thoughts on, on the film. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, the scale they wanted me to rate it on was one through five stars. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, it wouldn't let me select less than one star. <laughs> so I wasn't able to do that, but I left them some choice words. You'll be happy to know. Um, what a disappointment, man. Like, what oh. a waste of just time and talent this was. Some of the most, probably the worst directing maybe I've ever seen in a movie yeah. in my entire life, honestly. Just, just the worst. Like, Brian, you know that camera movement where, like, Say, like, two guys meet in the middle of the street and they're having a, a fast conversation on, like, something sure. they need to go do. And, and they're on a uh, they're on a steady cam and they're just circling the guys, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, um, totally. Just imagine that. Just imagine that for two, <laughs> two straight hours. Like, I'm not kidding. It was that shot because every uh, stage that the magicians were on was circular. <laughs> so, like, it was just sweeping around Woody Harrelson's and Jesse Eisenberg's faces. And it's some of the worst ADR, like dubbed on audio that I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like you could blatantly tell they weren't saying what they were saying. Um, it, Isla Fisher trying to do an American accent is just so obnoxious. Like and, she needs and, to uh, stop immediately. Honestly, one of the worst, I mean, I love Isla Fisher. Yeah. Um, she had, a good I love American every actress. actor that was in this movie. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Uh, and she did a great American actor a- accent in uh, wedding crashers. Uh-huh. Yeah. She is as bad as this movie is. She's worse. <laughs> she's unbearably bad in it. She's shrill, and she's useless, and she's uh, she looks bad for someone who's beautiful. Yeah, and you can uh, even tell it's her. Honestly, yeah, she's it's absolutely weird. annoying. Her voice is unbearable. Um, she has this weird smirk on the whole time, like she knows she's in a terrible movie. Um, man. It's it's really it's just it's that's mer- the worst movie I've seen in the theater since Green Lantern. I only stayed around because you guys know I'll bolt, but I only stayed around because I couldn't wait to see how badly they ended it. Yeah, because this, they set it up so ridiculously, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. You know, 
You know movies like Ocean's Eleven, yeah. where where you're like, man, I want them to keep doing more heists, man. I hope they go to another bank before this movie's over, man, because it's so cool. In this movie, just sitting there like, God, please don't rob anyone else. Please don't do another heist. You know what I mean, Richard? It was like, at, yeah. There was I think there's only three robberies at the end, but at the end they sort of hint at another one. You're like, oh, please no, please let this be the end. But the ending is so. Out of nowhere. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous ending ever. Like, picture, say, the movie Forrest Gump, okay? Now, picture the end of Forrest Gump. <laughs> Him just being like, uh, all right, got you guys. <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he's just like some genius who's been playing everyone for the past, you know, I don't his even entire care. life. Just, that's that's, how, that's how out of left field the, we'll the ending of this Because no one should see Don't this spoiler movie. it, dude. People Why need to see how bad this movie is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, want, I want Brian to see it and then to tell me the ending. Because if you know the ending, it ruins the movie, honestly. Like, right. it, it would make it even worse than it was, Richard, if that's even I possible. Guess. I guess. But it's, it's like the worst script maybe ever, too. Just I the don't cheesiest know how, stuff. Yeah, ever. the lines are so cheesy. Like we told you, Brian, this movie makes Woody Harrelson bad. I that was the part that that took me most by surprise. I mean, if you tell me that Jesse Eisenberg sucks, okay. Isla Fisher, all right. Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine, they've both done some bad work. But American Treasure Woody Harrelson is bad in this as well. Yeah. I just that hurts my soul, guys. That Dude, hurts. The Woody Harrelson's character is like a pedophile kind of in this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not funny. Like he says sexual things and it just comes off as like a, a pedophile, you know? Like you All know, right. This guy needs to get caught so he can go to jail because he's a creep. Um, but when when, Mor- when Morgan Freeman showed up on the screen, he's wearing the most ridiculous outfit. And Richard busts out laughing in the middle of the theater. It was like a serious moment. And you, they just show Morgan Freeman at you for Richard like – Just laughing, audibly laughing. It was – but perhaps the most most depressing thing about this movie – Aside from the horrible direction, horrible script, awful acting, and just waste of time that this movie was, 99% of the crowd seemed to love it. Oh, that's what I was going to ask, and that's the worst. That's the worst. When you're... When you're witnessing something horrible and everyone around you is enjoying it, it's just... They loved it. They were standing up and laughing. I mean, Brian, there's not one quip in this movie. I mean, there's no, like... You couldn't – hackneyed is not even the word. And But every time they made what – I guess what you could call a joke, uh, technically, uh, uh, people would just belly laugh. Yeah. Uh, it was that kind of crowd, Brian. Uh, you know what I'm I hate about. that. I hate it so and much. And we did make a pretty good friend though. I think we should talk about the friend we made, Kent. Yeah. Friend. We made a friend in line waiting. <laughs> um, he was the former head of security at the MGM Grand Casino. Or so he says. Right. And he also This knows, movie is based on his life. He sure. also knows Chris Angel. And first Chris of all, Angel actually close, close actually first. told actually told him how he does all his tricks. So the only guy, I guess Chris Angel was the guy Okay. So, best, he was a he was a general in the Gulf War. He wow. also knows the entire cast of Star Trek. Not not just the next generation. He knows every Cast member oh, from and can Star tell Trek. you whether how they rank on the terms of of nice guy to jerk. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, Jonathan Frakes, real jerk. Patrick Stewart, pretty nice guy, actually. So uh, if you want to – I don't know the guy's name. Um, hopefully he's listening What to about this. LeVar Burton? Please tell me you guys ask about LeVar no, yeah, Burton. No, yeah, he did. He uh, he said LeVar Burton was a really nice guy. Oh, oh thank God. So there oh. you go. Your no, the funniest moment right. though, Kent just totally deadpans this guy. <laughs> he's just one of those people that just makes you really uncomfortable. He, he, he tore his Achilles – so he was just walking with a weird limp, <laughs> sure. and, and he didn't—he didn't have a ticket. He was just hanging out, and he just moved to Texas. And anyway, long story, but uh, super bummer of a guy. But Kent <laughs> goes. Uh, so we're talking to the guy, and he goes, "Yeah, man, you know this magic stuff is not real, you know." We're like, "Yeah, really?" <laughs> and uh, he goes, "I mean." It's all perception. It's all just where you're sitting. And these guys, like, they'll show you, like, if you're sitting, like, in the very, it, like, above it all, like, in the building, you'll see how they do it. It all looks stupid. Yeah, but you if said you're sitting, if you're sitting in the rafters, you can see how they do all the tricks. I'm like, well, yeah. I've never sat in the rafters at a magic <laughs> show before. <laughs> they don't normally let you do that. Yeah. But Kent, go, he goes, but yeah, man, but this is supposed to have some pretty cool tricks because uh, Lance Burton, Copperfield, all of them were consultants on this movie. And uh, taught the actors how to do some really cool tricks. And he goes, pretty much every Vegas performer is involved in this. And Kent just deadpans him and goes, is Carrot Top involved in this? <laughs> and the guy goes, no, man. And Kent just walks off. Just <laughs> it was the best moment awesome. of the night. Yeah, that was the funniest awesome. part of the whole movie. Right. Yeah, that was unfortunately better than the entire Now You See Me. So it is coming out. Um, hasn't come out yet. Um, the best tweet Richard I saw I was, from, uh, was from Ty Brown. <laughs> Who said, now you see me and you can't unsee me. <laughs> and, uh, that's pretty much that's how true. I feel. That's exactly well, right. On the, uh, on the IMDb page in the, uh, the message board down at the bottom, in the top five, one of the, one of the uh, message board topics is pile of steaming dung. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I guess you guys would agree with me. on. Well, yeah. we wrote that, but yeah. uh, we would agree with that guy. <laughs> no, it's, we started uh, that thread, yeah. I know some dung that would be insulted by that comparison. <laughs> Richard and I saw the movie for, for free, and somehow we both left feeling ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> I felt violated. Right. You can't get that money back That's or that time back. That's the thing. That's the thing. I'm so yeah. excited for you to see it, Brian, though. I'm so I, excited. I can't wait. I really can't. So. It's awesome. It's so bad. It's good. It makes, it makes Twilight dialogue look good. <laughs> Richard, Richard, when we left, Richard was like, well, I'm excited to watch that movie in cable in like 15 years. And I was like, I hope I never have to watch that movie ever again. I was. <laughs> like, I I was. like 15 years from now when it comes on, I'll be like, no, not, not doing it. <laughs> because I think it's going to be a really funny movie. This is where Kent and I differ. I think it could be one of the funniest movies ever just to rip apart. Yeah. yeah. It logically makes no sense. Nothing, nothing in the movie makes sense. And that's yeah. what I was excited for, and Kent was like, and I mean, it's a fair point by him, but he was just like, nope, no, I never, I <laughs> hope I never what's see What's worse than, the, than the, the plot is just how badly it's shot. It's so awful. Like, it's so disorienting. Like, even when there's a steady shot, like that one point in the film, the magicians randomly have trackers on them for no particular reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, this so, is the and so they're trying to... They're running through the streets trying to track these guys, and so the whole time it was bad product placement by E Track, and we apologize. We yeah. didn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, Mark Ruffalo's character is running down the street holding this like iPhone device that has red dots on it, tracking him. But he's running so fast, 
that they never focus on the actual device in his hand. I had the same hand. complaint. I had so, the same so you're complaint. so you're squinting at this device, trying to like see the red dots, and it's just like, oh, just be still, so we can see the dots. It's <laughs> so never, disorienting. It's they horrible. never firm up like which dot is him, and then which dot is the person he's tracking. Yeah. Now the payoff of the scene is that the magicians have put the tracking like the tracking part of the tracker on him so he's tracking himself which could be kind of funny except that they never zoom in on the tracker so you don't know yeah like, <laughs> it's all just like it's pain it's all building up to this payoff and he never spends the 2 seconds it would take to go oh yeah he's tracking himself you're just going That's, stop it just stop moving i can't <laughs> oh it's so bad well, you'll notice the uh, the podcast schedule that I sent you guys the same day that you went to see this movie has uh, has now you see me notched in on like nope. whatever. That's what we said. <laughs> but Brian, you can I do a podcast by yourself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> just just talking to yourself, Coward trying style. to make sense of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We oh, could, I, you know, we should probably bring it up again. This is part one. When Brian sees it, it's that bad to where I would like to get his input. Yeah. Oh, I definitely want to know what he thinks for sure. Because right. we right. talked about it when we left. We were like, Kent was like, we should uh, at least it'll make for a good podcast. And I was like, no, I'm not even. That's not. <laughs> I don't want the name of that movie associated with our podcast. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I immediately, and I told Richard this right after he said he can't wait to see it on cable. I said, I immediately, right now, all I want to do is watch GI Joe Retaliation. Yeah, because it because it, it would have been way better. Uh, it would have restored my faith in cinema, honestly. Oh. After seeing it, it was that bad, Brian. Like, I cannot wait. I don't get the oh the visual effects. By the way, are so bad. And how did they get these actors to do it? Yeah. The script's awful. <laughs> it's the it's worst laughable. script ever. And like it's not like you're like well I got to play a magician and magicians get a lot of tails so I mean I don't understand the allure. Uh, it's yeah Jesse Eisenberg it may be the nail in the coffin there's, of, there's of like the Jesse Eisenberg era the the preposterousness of what the magicians do is just so ridiculous like at one point they're like breaking into like FBI vans to steal cash and somehow they've been stashed there for like a few days or something and then next and then they're stealing dead bodies from morgues just to use and like uh, tricking people it's like the most messed up magicians like ever. <laughs> it's not clever it's not cool it's like dude these guys are like hardcore like breaking yeah. the law these guys are like felons and like it's bad like it's, yeah that's the it's other it's not thing. smart it's not clever it's not funny it's like just bad taste like all around it's just horrible and they act like if these magicians like got big in Vegas that it would just sweep the nation because you know that happens a lot where right. uh, magicians get hot in Vegas and then every news story is about these really cool magicians in Vegas. And it makes no sense because the FBI is tracking these magicians and they're sitting in the audience watching their show. Why don't yeah. they just tackle them while they're on stage and arrest them? Yeah. They're like, don't let them leave. Don't let them leave the venue. Like, well, you've had an hour to <laughs> literally an hour to take them down they're while like, they're performing their magic show. They wanted to find out what the trick was, guys. Yeah, I guess oh, they catch so them at brutal. one point early in the movie, and he's in the 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 like logic is Jesse Eisenberg's character is like, well, I mean, you can't prove we stole the money. Well, yeah, yeah, I can. I you were there and and you said we're gonna rob a bank. The name of the trick is you robbing a bank. 
and then everyone gets like a million dollars. But you can't pin that on me, so you got to let me go. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, no, I don't. That's not how the law works. But in this movie, <laughs> it does. You basically <laughs> admitted to it. So. Yeah. Uh, so like B, B plus, or is that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll seriously just edit this down and post it as a bonus. Now you see me podcast. How about that? Sure. Sounds good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. No. Whatever. I, don't, but, I uh, honestly don't want people to be able to search for it under our <laughs> podcast. It's. Uh, I would say I would probably say an F, and I don't give out a lot of Fs. I see merit in almost everything. Uh, there was no merit to this, and the fact that good people were in it only made it worse and more annoying. Yeah, I give it an F minus minus. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to talk about Iron Man three now? Hey, but they were in bubbles at one point. That was pretty cool. And there was like a two year old kid, <laughs> you know, when she, the girl was floating in a bubble, the little kid was like. <laughs> and everyone else is just sitting in dead silence. Like it was <laughs> only magical to a two year old. Man. It was so bad. So sad I missed oh, this. Brian, I might go see it again with you. I just right. want to see your face. I don't know. I don't want to spend money on it. <laughs> everyone should pirate this movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link to it, actually. <laughs> awesome. Hey, what's up, ma'am fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Awesome. But y'all want to talk about Iron Man 3 now? Nothing's been the same since New York. You experience things, and then they're over. I can't sleep. And when I do, I have nightmares. Honestly... There's a hundred people who want to kill me. I hope I can protect the one thing I can't live without. 
Alright guys, Iron Man 3, we saw it together actually. Uh, first, first time. Probably first movie in the podcast we done that we all three sat in the theater and watched it. So, good experience. It was fun going with you guys. Um, yeah. Brian, you smelled a little bad, but um, the popcorn yeah, well. the popcorn in your lap kind of overwafted the, the stench, so I forgave yeah. you. But it was well, a good time. Look, I've got a I've got a, like a week old kid, so I haven't showered in in a while. So yeah, understood, understood. Good excuse. So, um, so I saw this movie actually on the premiere night, and I saw it again with you guys because I wanted to be there when you saw it. Um, my thoughts on this movie, my immediate thoughts are, I feel like this movie has to be reviewed as a standalone film. As a standalone yes. Iron Man film, it can't really be compared to Iron Man 2 or 3, even though it's in the same trilogy. You can't really compare it to the Avengers. I think that this movie does a lot better uh, on its own when it was a standalone yeah. movie. Uh, what A lot of the the villain work that they do is has nothing to do with any film that Marvel has come out with before. It doesn't really reference any... You don't, they don't reference the Tesseract or any of that that they've been working you know, up to since the Avengers. And so this is kind of the public's first glimpse at where things are going in the future. Um, so I think a lot of confusion came from that because people were kind of confused by the concept. And it was something different that they didn't see in the first two Iron Man films. A lot of credit there goes to Shane Black, yeah. uh, the director. I feel like this movie was way different than the first two um, on a good note. Um, I feel like this is definitely the darkest Iron Man there has been, The def- probably the darkest Marvel movie maybe that's come out in, I don't know, in a long time. And you guys correct me on that, but it's definitely, no, a, different, right. it's definitely a different vibe than any Marvel film. It's sort of kind of got a Nolan vibe to it at, at times, but I don't think Shane Black ever really – stepped away from what had been done in the first two Iron Man films. I feel like it had those snarky, funny moments with Tony Stark. It had, you know, the the sweet, sentimental moments with Pepper Potts. It had, you know, the cool technology probably stepped up up the ante by 50 times as yeah. far as technology goes for this movie. Um, so if, it's, if you compare it to the first three, it might, from a story standpoint... Um, suffer the most plot holes, but if you evaluate it as a standalone superhero movie, I think it holds up really well. Uh, so Brian Gill. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. Um, I think I could tell you were really confused at the end of the movie. You you know, I I was, I, I wasn't sure what I thought. And I, to be honest with you, I wasn't completely sure what my opinion was on it until I saw other people kind of bashing on the movie and then felt like no, no, that part was really good. No, this part was really good, and and that kind of brought me around to kind of what you're saying. It's not, it it doesn't fit with Iron Man or Iron Man Two. Um, you're right. It should be. It really should be viewed as a standalone movie because it's on a lot of levels. It's really not an Iron Man movie. It's it's kind of like a it's it's, it's kind of a diehard movie um, with crazy technology, you know, um, and. And so, you know, I came out and I felt like, you know, that might not, that's definitely not the best Iron Man movie, but it's it's maybe the best Die Hard movie since the original Die Hard. Um, <laughs> I love the the snarkiness. I honestly I thought it was 
at least for Robert Downey Jr. and for Tony Stark, I thought it was the best script that he's had to work with so far. I thought it, it brought out so much uh-huh. uh, in that character and gave him a lot of – he had a lot of great lines in this movie, a lot of funny stuff, a, a lot of range that he got to work it within. Um, and so I thought that was great. It's uh, – you know – I kind of would have liked it to have fit with Iron Man and Iron Man 2. But if you're, I guess if you're not going to do that, then this is the, the way to go. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Shane Black, and I think that, I thought the script was great. Um, I really enjoyed a great deal of what is happening. But I think that, just like you said, Kent, if, 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 our, view, if our listeners are going in expecting it to be a continuation of Iron Man 2 – uh, and, you know, branching off from the, the John Favreau tree, you're going to be, if not disappointed, then at least confused yeah. coming out because it's n- it's not the same thing. And uh, and I'm OK with that. I, I think it's a it's a very solid movie. I think it's better than uh, I think it's definitely a much better narrative than Iron Man 2 and, and at least more a more exciting narrative than Iron Man 2. Um, I think Robert Downey Jr. is great. Uh better than he was in, in I am too. And maybe better than he was in, in the Avengers as well. I don't think it's fair to compare any of these movies to, uh, Iron Man, because I think Iron Man beyond Nolan's trilogy, I think the original Iron Man is, is probably the best, uh, superhero movie ever. Certainly my favorite beyond the, the Nolan trilogy. So, um, sorry, I'm getting a little long winded, but no, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's a very, very good Shane Black movie or a diehard movie. Um, maybe not the greatest Iron Man entry. Richard. Uh, I, I have confounding thoughts on this movie. Um, I really love the first hour of it. Uh, I agree with what you both have said. It's, it's, uh, Probably the most total glimpse of that character we've been given. I really liked him. Uh, the quips were, were really great, as all Shane Black movies always are. Yep. Um, that's, that's I think, his greatest strength. The first-person narration was kind of a cool uh, twist. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you know, the, and, and the focus on, not on Iron Man, but on Tony Stark was, was great. Um, my two complaints with the movie, uh, so it's not just this was great, that was great, a couple things. First off, like you talked about, Kent, there's some plot holes. The logic of the villains made no sense to me um, as to what could kill them and what couldn't. Yeah. Uh, like, they would explode, and then uh, they'd come back to life because, you know, they were heat-generated. But then they would explode and then just be dead. So I didn't understand. Uh, maybe that was just me, but I, I didn't understand what kind of explosion could kill them and what, what couldn't. So that was weird yeah. uh, and annoyed me. Uh, and also the last 30 minutes or so that, well, that entire oil tanker scene was just way too long and disorienting and just too many Iron Man suits and just, yeah. it, it seemed like they really hadn't, were trying to like overdo the action there because it had been kind of a, kind of a character piece as, as much as one can be, uh, you know, a pain and game type character piece. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then, so they're like, well, we'll just really do some cool action at the end. And it, it really apexed with the the cool scene Kent and I were talking uh, with the uh, with the airplane rescue. That was fine, but then everything after that was really boring to me, and couldn't care less. Don Cheadle's character is just useless. Yeah. Um, he wears like chaps shirts and saves the world, 
Um, he uh, that character's I don't care about at all. Uh, Piper was kind of I thought um, Pe- Pepper. Piper with Pepper. Sorry, Piper's McGruber. Piper Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Dixon Piper uh, was great. No. I, I really like Gwyneth Paltrow in that part, and I really love her in small doses. I, she was a little overexposed in this one for me. Uh, and the Rebecca Hall's character was just kind of confusing. The kid was great, and his yeah. dynamic with, with Downey was fantastic. Um, I'll, I'm going to steal from Steven because uh, we had lunch today. And I had not thought about this, and maybe correct me if either of you or someone else has. But he goes, "Did you ever notice that <laughs> Iron Man three is uh, is the exact same plot as Batman Forever, where it's like this ugly scientist and he makes him mad, and then like he gets really handsome and comes <laughs> back. He even looks like him, and that's true. It's like Edward Nigma all over again with the Guy Pierce character, and uh, I like the Jim Carrey version better. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I know, I'm yeah. kidding." But uh, I thought Guy Pierce was kind of uh, charismaless. I, I didn't like. I just didn't care about his villain. Um, so my yeah, and then the Ben Kingsley thing, which we need to talk about, right? Uh, really funny reveal wait, there. Wait, Should we let's, wait? Let's wait, wait till wait. spoilers because that's the main spoiler, probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll wait on spoilers. Um, uh, but that character was that was interesting, uh, and that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, let's talk about the kid. Um, when you put a kid in a movie, it's very risky. I think George Lucas has <laughs> taught us that, if he's taught us anything uh, with the prequels. Uh, like you said, Richard, the way they did the kid in this was great. Um, it didn't come off cheesy. The actor that they found was very good. Um, and, you know, a lot of people going into this movie, you know, if, if you said, okay, what, what things do you want Iron Man 3 to have? Well, I want it to have... Cr- you know, to show Tony Stark's awesome technology, and I want it to talk about what happened in the Avengers, and I want it to reference the Avengers, you know? So yeah. the, the producers have to, had to reference something that happened in New York or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, they never so, resolved it. I, I was yeah. fine with them mentioning it, but they never really resolved. But the fact that they had to mention it, the, the way they did it with a kid was a stroke of genius. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the only person that in the movie would make sense for you to be like, hey, so what happened with the Avengers? It's a little kid, you know? It's like, oh, talk to me about the Avengers. Whoa, yeah. that was awesome, <laughs> you know? And and it was like, oh, okay, it made sense. And I, I liked the little, you know, Tony kind of fighting his demons on that or whatever. Um, so I think that the kid brought that to the table. Uh, basically, he for me, he was just a device to talk about the Avengers. And maybe that was his point sure. uh, for the writers, but it was cool. Um, as far as the action scenes, I loved loved the the Air Force One scene with uh, people flying out of the airplane, and then Iron Man flying down there and rescuing everybody. Uh, just so well done, especially in 3D. That looked awesome. Like I don't care who you are, that looked freaking awesome in 3D. Did it not, Brian? It did. It looked great. <laughs> it looked freaking awesome. Um, but the whole reveal there. Where he was on the boat the entire time, with a with a helmet on, you know, and he wasn't actually the one flying the, the yeah. Iron Man suit was so good. Yeah, that was like cool. I was like, oh, that's awesome, <laughs> you know. Um, and the you know the way they introduced that in the beginning and then the way it paid off at the end was so great. Um, the technology was was cool. I I feel like the last scene with with the oil tankers. 
Um, if we want to talk about that now, let's t- let's talk about that. Um, it's kind of spoilerish, but not. So basically, Tony. Stark... Here's a spoiler: Tony Stark fights bad guys and wins. Yeah. Okay. No, didn't no, see that I'm not gonna, that's not what I'm going to say. No, I know. I'm just saying that for our, for our dumb listeners that think we're spoiling something here. Yeah. Uh, he um, so basically Tony Stark has a technology to call all his Iron Man suits remotely from wherever he is, or Jarvis has the Jarvis has the ability to do that. So Tony calls uh, all his Iron Man suits from his you know his vault in Malibu, which has not been destroyed in the in the Mandarin attack. Uh, so all his suits fly in, and they're all fighting, and they all have something a little bit different to bring to the table, right? Um, my impression of this scene was not to show off the technology of these suits and to say, guys, look what we have here. Look at all these awesome suits. It, to me, the fact that it was done at night, one, and B, it was so, like you said, Richard, disorienting, It was to me it was a preview of – what what is to come? Do you know what I mean? In the next Iron Man movie, in the next Avengers, like here's all the suits that we've been keeping from you guys, and here's at the end of this movie, we're gonna give you a little sneak peek of the the kind of crap we're capable of. Do you know what I mean? Especially with the uh, the Hulk Smasher Iron Man suit, the giant one uh, who is shaped like the Hulk, and sure. he is actually in the comic books built by Tony Stark to battle the Hulk. So you know. Maybe in the next Avengers we'll have the Hulk Smasher against the Hulk, uh, which would be awesome. So that's that's kind of what I what I read in into that last scene. Brian, what did you think of it? Yeah, I I I guess I hope you're right because I, I I'm with I'm with Richard on this. I didn't care for that because I I thought it was just overkill on the yeah. technology um, in a movie that that really was I again like like you said, Richard. I mean, it, it very much was a character study. Of Tony Stark, and I love that. Um, the The last forty five minutes, it just—I don't know. It felt like too much. It got it got too much, too much going on, too much CGI, too much crazy. Um, that it, it did take for me. It, it took it down a notch in terms of overall quality. So, I, you know, I hope you're right, Ken. I hope there's a a bigger point to that. But I, I, I don't know. Regardless, it, it was. It was bigger and better and and louder than any of the others, and I I don't know maybe that was the the point of yeah. that 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 close off at the same time. I don't know. I, all of it was fine. Um, it it didn't ter- it certainly didn't turn me off to the movie, but I I like the simplicity of the first Iron Man over what two and three do in their in their final act. Um, you know, and that's maybe that's just a personal preference, but I I. One of the things that you like about Tony Stark is that he's a he, very much like Batman. He's a person, you know. He's a human, and I think that kind of lost some of that in the final, the final thirty minutes of this movie. Just despite the fact that throughout the course of the movie up to that point, they had really I felt like fleshed that out more than than it had been in in the previous installments. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a complaint for me, and I really did not care for the I. The villains that with their you know the, their their eyes light up and and they glow and all that stuff. Extremist, I felt like, yeah. yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was overdone and felt like an X file an episode of the X Files instead of a big budget 
Shane Black movie, you know? Um, Unfortunately, Brian, that's probably where they're going to go with the next Iron Man movies, you know? I mean, and with the next Marvel movies is Extremis, you know? Sure. It's like the original Iron Man and everything with the arc reactor in his chest set the stage for the Tesseract and all the, you know, all the Howard Stark technology and all that. Uh, I think this movie is going to, more than we can tell now, because I mean, you know, this is the first movie of, of Phase Two. But right. More than we can see now, this movie is going to plant seeds for things to come, and I really yeah. feel like you know Rebecca Hall's character, who really makes no sense in this movie. I feel like she's going to be explained a lot more. Um, Stephanie Sostak, you know, uh, her name is Brant in the film. She's actually like one of the extremist girls. She okay. Sort of fights. Sure. You know, she's kind of ethnic looking. Uh, she. She's racist. actually, she's actually, um, um, it's not racist to say she's ethnic. <laughs> she's actually like Man Thing's wife. Um, okay. In the in the comic books, so apparently Extremis started with Man Thing, or was an experiment with Man Thing, and she actually has a scar like the same as the girl in the comic books. So, like a lot of these characters are gonna be explained a little bit, sure. a little bit more. And I, so, I guess I'm I'm fine with that. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to. I, I the the thing is, it's not that that I didn't like that because it was kind of a, a supernatural slash super sci-fi type thing that's in this movie, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. I think that that the extremist stuff fits in Iron Man one or Iron Man two or Incredible Hulk or Captain America or any of these other movies. But this is just such a different type of movie that it yeah. felt. It felt forced to me because, I, like I said, I'm a huge Shane Black fan. I think that his script for this is really good, but um, I did feel like that portion of the movie, and maybe that's what is, maybe that's the part that's been forced upon him. You know, as far as here, you know, you can direct this movie, but here's what we're leading up to. You've got to get this in there. It did feel like it was shoehorned in. It didn't. It didn't have the the same feel to it that so much of the rest of the film did, in my opinion. So. Yeah. But I, it, you know, you're you're probably 100 percent right on them setting the stage for what's to come um, with that that sort of thing, and and I'm cool with that. I just didn't care for it in this this world that was that was on screen in this particular uh, film. Totally, totally understand that, and I had the same the same feelings, which is why I went to such lengths to see why what these characters meant and all that you sure. know what i mean it's like they sure. have to mean something they wouldn't be in the movie if they didn't mean something so right. um you want to go into spoiler territory and talk about the mandarin let's do it spoilers coming up right now for iron man 3 so let's talk about um the whole reveal here so basically the in the trailers and everything um all the publicity leading up nobody really mentions guy pierce at all um i don't think he's mentioned at all in any interview or anything as being the villain. Yeah. Uh, they did a great, great job of selling Ben Kingsley as the villain in this. And I gotta say, man, the first 30 minutes to an hour where he is the Mandarin and the terrorist Mandarin, he's incredible. And yeah. I was so scared uh, yeah, by him. He was such a good villain. He was almost, you know, Nolan-esque. Uh, yeah, he was, he, I was so much more scared of him than I was of Bane. So I was so scared by, by Kingsley when, in the scene where he calls the president on Air Force One, you know, and he's like, call my phone right here or this guy's going to get shot in the head, you know? Right. And 
he calls the president and the president calls him back or whatever and he still shoots him, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, that guy's so hardcore, you know? Right. And it was so great. Um, so it was a little disappointing, I must say, uh, that he didn't – we didn't get more of that um, throughout the rest of the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. that we didn't even get more hardcore stuff. Like the like the Joker was so great. When they introduced the Joker in The Dark Knight where he puts the pencil through the guy's head, you know, and you're like, oh, that was awesome. Right. And then like later he blows up the hospital, you know. It's like he does like his – the, he, his crimes just keep getting crazier and crazier as the movie goes on. So that was a little disappointing that we didn't get more awesome Ben Kingsley Mandarin. But we do get some awesome Ben Kingsley Mandarin. Uh, a, comedi- <laughs> a comedic Mandarin. So, right. uh, Brian and Richard, what are your thoughts on, on the reveal? I mean, it's exactly the same. It's great. I think we agree completely on this, actually. It's, uh, it's, I liked him so much as Scary Mandarin. And I was really bummed out when he turned out to not be scary at all and to be farcical and just a total puppet for Guy Pierce. But I, I would have liked Scary Mandarin more the whole movie. But I have to admit, the reveal, like you said, was hidden so well and done so well. And Ben Kingsley character might be the funniest in the movie. Yeah. Um, he, he he reminded me of what the love guru should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. I mean, it was it was laugh out loud funny, you know that character, and just such a uh, tension relief. And, and 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 I would watch a Mandarin movie now. I want to watch a movie about that guy. Yeah. And yeah. like him, just you know, like Michael Bay directs the Mandarin, and he's just hanging out <laughs> in Miami, you know, with the Rock or something, <laughs> scoring chicks. Um, no, he was he was he was great. Um, it made me really appreciate him as an actor. I didn't know he could go there comedically. And and his versatility, I don't think, has ever been shown more uh, because those two characters that he plays in this movie could not be further apart. Right. Uh, Brian, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm with both of you. I think that the the the, the evil Mandarin is an incredible character, yeah. and honestly, that's something that the Iron Man franchise has been missing. And maybe you could make the case that the Marvel universe has been missing is a a truly compelling villain. Um, and I was really interested in the mandarin as a as a big time bad guy so i was disappointed that they switched it because it was such a good character but they did it in such a great way that um that i i can't really complain about it uh i I, and i love i love being kingsley uh his bit the the trevor bit once it was all said and done i mean that's just and of course his name was trevor i don't know why but that was just like the perfect name for this guy to have yeah um (laughs) So yeah, it was a it was a cool thing. I understand why the fanboys are up in arms about it. Apparently, the Mandarin is like Tony Stark's arch nemesis in the comics and everything. Um, but you know, it was a it was a good twist. I I just wish that I I do wish that we could get a a a truly uh, equal villain. You know, someone who's up to task of taking on. Uh, Tony Stark or Iron Man or Captain America or Thor yeah. or whatever. Loki is Loki got there in the Avengers, but honestly, I thought Loki was really pretty weak and sorry in Thor. Um, yeah. So anyway, I kind of liked Red Skull. Uh, some, yeah, but he's but gone you, now. but you knew yeah. He, yeah that's exactly right. You knew he was a one off. You knew that there was. I felt like from the very beginning of that movie, you knew there was no way he was going to survive it. And so it he just kind of he was great though. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was a really cool thing to do. It, it took me by surprise, and that's 
you know, if you can hide something that way in this day and age when everything gets spoiled three months before it comes out, you know, uh, that's a it's a it's a great thing to be able to, to keep that sort of thing under wraps. Pretty amazing, actually, that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the actual ending of the movie. Um, what did you think of uh, the ending? I loved how Pepper Potts beats the crap out of everybody. Uh, at the end, I was actually sad when she fell off the cliff or or fell off the little oil rig thing and died. Supposedly, I, I I actually believed it because I was like, okay, if they're gonna kill off one character, probably gonna be Pepper because I knew Gwyneth didn't want to do any more Iron Man movies, so it didn't wouldn't didn't surprise me that they would have killed her off. But when she came back, she's got a lot. Of, she's got a lot going on otherwise. Right. <laughs> but when she came yeah. back and like country saves, strong too saves Tony, out. yeah. Duets too, yeah. There you go. Um, when she saves Tony, I was like, "Yes!" You know what I mean? It was awesome, and she's like buff and everything, and full of extremists. So it was, it was really cool. I thought um, how she survived, and the ending. Uh, let's talk about it, Brian. I was not as high on it as you are. I thought it was a little cheesy. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that that was the ending. I'm talking about just her. Punching somebody was t- kind of separate from the ending. Okay. The, the ending I'm talking about when Tony blows up all his suits. Oh, you know, yeah. And the yeah. whole fresh start thing. What, what are your thoughts? Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, but honestly, by that point, I was, I was kind of ready for the movie to end. Um, as we mentioned before, it, was, it, it did – Drag on is not the right term, but it, it, it had reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. Um, so uh, it's a it's one of those things. It's like it's a cool sentiment for a one-off. I don't know how well that carries over to if they end up doing an Iron Man four with Tony Stark. Where does where do we where does he go from there? You know, he just blew up like fifty billion worth of technology. So I don't know. It's a it was a nice sentiment. I don't know that I that I really truly loved it um, as far as the narrative of the film goes. Richard? Yeah, I didn't care for the last act at all, any part of it. Um, really disappointed me from pretty much that oil tanker on. I didn't like the way I liked that... The, I liked how he, he like had a little fireworks show, and then like you see the kid, and he decked out the kid's like, yeah, that was cool. little workshop and everything. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what happened after that. Um what happens after well, he, that? He went back to his mansion and took out the. Uh, oh yeah, he drives away with the the robot. The robot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, it's definitely a place. It, it's the sort of ending that you could say, okay, the Iron Man franchise is over, or at least for the time being, and you could end it there and have it be satisfactory. Or you could see them. It, I guess it left the door open for whatever they want to do, you know, there's, and, right. and so that's, that's nice, I guess. I, I understand the reason behind all that, but I did think it was a little over the top sentimental for a movie that, or in a character that's really not super sentimental. Yeah. In my so what did you, I can't believe we haven't talked about this. What did you guys think of Eiffel 65? Oh, that was really funny. I, I honestly was like, yes, when I first saw it. And it starts out with, I'm blue, dabba dee, dabba right. die. Right. I thought that was in, amazing. It immediately made me smile. And so that's kind of the vibe of the, this movie. You know, it's just a, It was just an enjoyable movie for me. All the Iron Man films have been just 
there are movies that I could watch any time and it automatically makes me in a good mood. You know what I mean? They're yeah, just kind of totally. throwaway. They're not throwaway, but they kind of are just throwaway little comedy action movies. Um, and it's a, just a great character. Um, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that they make more Iron Man films. I saw Downey Jr. last night on Kimmel and he was saying that he wants to do Iron Man 4, but they haven't, they haven't worked it out. So yeah. Um, he also he wants that, $50 million a yeah. movie. So well, he the, deserves that, I think. Yeah. When you're making a oh, yeah. billion dollars per film, you know, oh, it's yeah. like, what does that matter? But, like, he said it's, you know, the the best thing that's happened to him in his career by far. And, like, just I, I can't see Iron Man happening without Downey Jr. I'm not sure that I want it to happen without no, Downey Jr. No, not at all. No, it shouldn't, yeah. Definitely shouldn't. Um, any more thoughts on Iron Man 3, guys? No. No, I thought it's good. I, I enjoyed it. I yeah. want to watch it again. Um, it's it's. it's I suggest not... seeing it again. Actually, yeah, I saw it twice. Totally. So, totally. I but I would say to our listener, if you haven't seen it yet, and for some reason you're sticking around through spoilers and everything, um, you know, view it, view it as it is, not what you think it's going to be. You know what I mean? Don't don't view it as a an extension of Iron Man and Iron Man Two. It's it's a it's a different type of thing. And if you, I feel like if you go in expecting that, then you're more likely to enjoy what you're seeing. Um, the script's great, and Shane Black is a great director. So, uh, yeah, you know, give that a give that a shot. It'll be really interesting now that Shane Black. Ha- I'm the the greatest gift of this movie's given us is now Shane Black now has a massive hit on his hands. Yes, and has made some money, right. and uh, and now can make whatever he wants. Yes, and now I can't wait for that. There's because yeah. I love this movie is going to pass a billion in like the next two weeks. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna have made over a billion dollars in less than a month. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, go see it. It's out now, and it's one that I'm sure we'll revisit. Totally. Uh, so you guys want to move on to weekly recommends? Let's do it, Brian Gill. Yeah, um, I am gonna I'm gonna recommend two things, but I'm only gonna talk about one of them. Uh, just because we are we have been talking about Shane Black tonight because of Iron Man three. If you have not seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that is a uh, kind of required viewing in my opinion for any adult uh, from this last decade. It's it's an incredible film. I watched it again last night for the first time in in several I don't know two or three years probably. Um, and it's uh it's just such a great movie. Um, and I think confirms all the things that we've said. Uh, complimentarily about Shane Black over the course of this episode and the last couple of episodes as well. Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I, I think, makes it clear why why we feel that way about yeah. him. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, the movie that I'm going to recommend this week is uh, a little documentary that I caught on, on Netflix, uh, and it is called uh, Just Like Being There. And it is very simple. I'm, I'm sure it didn't cost anything to make. Very simple little documentary about uh, gig posters for uh, concerts and also delves into a little bit into the, uh, the Mondo movie posters, which if you're not familiar with those, you need to Google, just Google Mondo movie posters and just check out some of the incredible work that they, that they do. Um, I I am a huge fan of, of like the, I I love gig posters. I have uh, a bunch of, of uh, gig posters from concerts I've been to and, and just, you know, ones I picked up off the internet and whatnot. Uh, decorating my office here at home and uh, a couple of books with, with uh, gig posters and stuff. I love, I love the artwork. I think they are, uh, they all, there's so much cool stuff that you can do with these things. 
Um, the documentary is not like anything that's this groundbreaking or you know life changing or anything like that, but it does highlight some of the bigger names in the gig poster industry and kind of shows off some of their work and talks about a little bit about the history of of how that became such a such a big medium the way that it is today. Um, and it's short. It's like I don't even think it was a ninety minute long movie. Um, it it plays real well. It's it's fun watch. Uh, so I recommend it. It's like it, like I said, Netflix. It's called uh, "Just Like Being There." Sweet, thanks, Brian. I actually was going to watch that tonight. That's weird. That Sweet, you recommended that, so I'll I'll definitely do that. Yeah, I put it on my instant queue. I am a huge fan, like you, like you know, of music and of concerts. And my right. whole office, as you've seen, is full of concert posters. Yeah. So. Um, I'm really, really interested in seeing that. I'm, I'm glad to know that they talk about movie posters too because Mondo, Ollie Moss, and some other people do great yeah. work. Um, just yeah. some awesome you know, one-off movie posters. Definitely. And, uh, I've started to collect more movie. I used to collect only um, band posters, but now I do movies. So. Right. Yeah, great that's good. So, and, and Richard, the, the guy who designed the poster for uh, the White Stripes movie, the uh, Under Great White Northern Lights, is highlighted as well. And you get to oh, talk very to- cool. Awesome. So definitely worth checking out. Will do. Nice. Richard, recommend. Um, I, I got a book this week. Uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with uh, Nassim Tlaib. Uh, he's a, kind of a philosopher. And... Is she on um, SNL? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Nassim Petrad. Yeah. Petr- yeah. I don't know. Okay. But Nassim Tlaib is a, is a gentleman. Uh, he was a day trade or he was a trader, uh, economic trader uh, for a long time by trade, I guess, pun intended. Um and he sort of saw the entire uh, economic collapse of the 2000s coming and he made money essentially gambling against companies. So he lost money every day for like eight years and looked like an idiot. It's called Black Swan Economics. He invented it. And then when everything failed, he made like $6 billion. Okay. And um, anyway, but he's also a philosopher. He wrote a book called Black Swan. It's about that. He wrote another book called The Fooled by Randomness that's about um, how nothing is really random. Uh, nice. Anyway, he has a book of aphorisms too that I just stumbled upon called The Bed of Procrust. Procrust is a Greek – it's a it's a Greek illusion. Uh, but it's just a book of aphorisms, just little sayings. It's like 110 pages of just kind of wise sayings from that he's written. Um, and uh, I'll read a couple of them here. I've got the book here. Uh, you know, just kind of some of them are kind of silly. Some of them are really, I think it's just like a book that young people should probably read because it, it really gives you a lot of perspective on life. Um, you know, you may outlive your strength, but never your wisdom. Uh, if you lie to me, keep, keep lying. Don't hurt me by suddenly telling the truth. Um, you know, f- yeah. uh, just all, all kinds of just little things like that. So, nice. uh, I highly recommend it. The bread, the better procrastinate seem to leave, uh, some reviews, you know, the hottest thinker in the world, the most prophetic voice of all, things like that. He's kind of, uh, uh, but he's funny. He's got a sense of humor about himself and uh, isn't just a total drag as most economic philosophers may be. So uh, there you go. Nice. I'm, I'm excited for the day that Richard recommends like the newest John Grisham novel <laughs> or something or, just, or James James Patterson novel or something. Yeah. Um, nice. I, 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 I Honestly, Richard, you've got me into more books. So I'll tell totally. you, thank you for that. Um, so we've recommended books on here. We've recommended TV shows, movies, um, and I want to recommend something we haven't done. I want to recommend an iPhone app. It's oh, actually, cool. Oh, uh, all right. 
It pertains to our subject tonight of Iron Man Grindr. three. <laughs> it's called Grinder. No, um, it um, it's a movie app called After Credits. I don't know if you guys have this or not, but it's no. fr- it's a free app, and you download it, and basically it shows all the new releases in theaters, and it has um, just an icon next to them uh, that has a smiley face. Whether you should stay for the during the credits. Like if there's anything interesting that happens during the actual credit sequence. And there's also a different smiley for if there's a scene after the credits that you should stick around and watch. So cool. uh, for, It's really cool. Um, I can see right here that Great Gatsby has a scene after the credits. And it's coming out this weekend. So it's really Ugh. cool. I What did you guys think of the after credits sequence in, in Iron Man 3? It didn't really it tease funny. anything. It was funny. It was different than the other ones because it didn't hint at anything bigger because, you know, we've seen the Avengers now. All it did was kind of add a little epilogue note to the movie we just watched and yeah. explain the narration and things like that. But uh, yeah. it didn't really serve, I don't think, the greater franchise as much as it served this particular movie. But it was funny. Fine. Glad I stuck around. Yeah. Agreed. I um, I love the after credit sequence in the Avengers where they tease Thanos. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Or, or, and also when they uh, talk about shawarma. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a really cool little app. Um, you can also search movies that have already been out and see if there's anything worth fast-forwarding to and stuff like that. So really, really simple app, really good idea, and really pertains to what we do here on the podcast. So I thought I'd uh, tell you guys about that. And, um, That's cool. And tell you to download it. So check it out. It's called After Credits on the iTunes App Store. Uh, Brian Gill. Where can I find more of your musings on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at bgill12, um, and you can find me on uh, a new website uh, that's, uh, that I just launched a couple weeks ago. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, talk about it. Just I, – I have been uh, – for the last three years, I've been just exclusively writing movie reviews and you know, movie-related stuff. Um, but with, uh, with the birth of, uh, of my first kid, I decided that I'm going to start um, – at least move in somewhat in a different direction occasionally. Uh, I'm still writing some movie reviews. I put up a review for Iron Man 3 uh, earlier this week. Um, but, but I'm also writing just about more about life and just kind of humorous things about what happens with this kiddo that I'm trying to raise when, and I'm an idiot. So um, anyway, I, I've enjoyed writing it. I think it's been, uh, it's been well-received for the most part. And like I said, I still do in film stuff on there as well. So uh, check it out. It's called CanBabiesDrinkRedBull.com. Sweet. Richard Barton. You can find me at uh, richardbarton.com, uh, on Twitter at Richard Barton, or at um, www.kenbabysnortcocaine.net. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at, at Kent Garrison, K-E-N-T, Garrison with two R's. You can email the show at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com with uh, topic suggestions and complaints. I'll be sure to forward them to Richard. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'll be sure to uh, write back very sternly. Yes, we stern sternness is one of your best attributes. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tweet out the link. Um, and uh, spread the word. Thanks for listening. And anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here? No. <laughs> no. Uh, now you see me is <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, go so see. Look- now you see me. Go wait out and, and try to get a free screening because it's not worth paying for. I'll suggest right. that. It's not sneak worth into the time. movie. Yeah. Sneak into the movie, pirate it, um, just punch Jesse Eisenberg in the face. <laughs> Bring a laser pointer to the screening. Yeah. 
and shine it in everyone's eyes that's enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, until next week, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. See ya. See you guys. Yo, listen up. Here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue. Like him inside and outside. Blue his house with a blue little window and a blue corvette. And everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around. Cause he ain't got nobody to listen to. I'm blue, I've been beat, I've been dying, I've been beat, I've been dying, I've been beat, I've been dying.